You hear a lot about video, a lot about images. Well, today we're going to talk about the lost art of writing and the value it has for you and your ministry. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes! My name is Tom Pounder, and this is the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the place where ministers come to get some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world, this very digital world that we're living in uh, today. And I'm really excited today because I'm bringing back Robert Carnes. Uh, Robert is a friend of mine, uh, and he works for Orange, and he does a lot of freelance writing. But today we're going to talk about the lost art of writing and the value it has for your ministry. You know, see, we get so focused on video and images, and those are really important to communicate your message but if you're not writing, you're missing a valuable piece to communicating your message. So Robert and I talk about that, and we talk about some some different tips that he has for, for writers and what he does. And he talks about the editing process as well and what he's looking for because he, at the time he was editing the Orange Leaders blog. So it's a really just good conversation talking about writing and how you can communicate effectively using this very powerful tool. So... Without any further ado, let's get into my conversation right now, talking to Robert Carnes and the lost art of writing. Okay, with me right now is my friend Robert Carnes. Robert, how are you? I'm doing well, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast again. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're on it again. We we talk uh, fairly regularly, and I'll see you a lot on social media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, how how are things going down in Atlanta now with all the pandemic stuff. Oh, you know, it's it's so hard to say, and I think it changes, you know, on a regular basis. I think we're deep enough into it by this point that it's kind of it's become our new normal, and like we've all kind of found a routine. Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully, I'm very blessed that you know we're we're healthy, and I'm you know continuing to work, and um, so really I have no complaints other than just a little minor, uh, you know, discomforts. That, you know, things have been taken away, but um, we're just trying to get by one day at a time. And yeah, uh, yeah that's, again, that may change next week, but um, that's just the state we are living in right now. No, I, I hear you on that. So there, there's pros and cons to this kind of living right now. And so I try to focus on the pros rather than yeah. the cons. Um, well, I know who you are. And again, you've been on the podcast before. Um, and so you're, and you're also very active on social media. So people... It, may know who you are already, but for anybody who may not, give a little update on who you are and what you do. Sure, sure. I mean, it's probably most people who don't know who I am, but uh, <laughs> but so I, yeah, I, I work for Orange, which is probably an organization most of your listeners are familiar with. We you know create resources and training materials and curriculum for church leaders, uh, especially kids and youth pastors. And so I am the Director of Church Engagement for Orange Leaders. So I oversee kind of the marketing and product development for our leadership kind of brand. There's several different brands within Orange, Orange Kids, Leaders, and Students. Uh, and so I get to work, you know, in a wide spectrum of things that we do, uh, you know, from our events to publishing our books. Uh, I oversee our blogs as well, which we have a couple different blogs. And I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth because that's, that's closely related to our subject. But um, yeah, that's what I do kind of full-time. And then obviously I'm a 
freelance writer as well, contribute to a couple different uh, church blogs and uh, have, have authored a couple books. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of, of who I am. Yeah. Well, and again, that's, that's a good segue into our topic because, you know, the last time we had you on, um, we were talking about the original storyteller, um, the right. book that you did, um, and it was a great book. Um, but today I want to go into just writing in general. Okay. So as we're living in this very digital world now, and even more so, things have progressed so much. Uh, everyone's on online so much right now. Uh, you know, you always see a lot of stuff about, um, uh, about video and audio content podcasts being so much, but writing is still a very powerful tool. Uh, and so I want to talk about writing and how you can use that to communicate, but let's just start from the very basics right now of how did you get started in writing? You love writing. What, why do you love it? And how did you get started? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, it probably began coming from a love of just reading and love of books uh, growing up. I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to. But, you know, I, I think I just wanted to, I wanted to write books and I wanted to be able to inspire the same kind of, I don't know, feelings that I had after I read a great book. I wanted to sh pass that on to kind of, you know, other people and, and be able to kind of be a co-creator in that experience, right? And that's that's was a, a, a huge impetus behind the reason I wrote the original storyteller, right? Storytelling uh, and writing go very much hand in hand. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of, that's why I researched and I loved kind of writing that book, but just writing in general. I, I mean, I just wanna, I wanna create fun things and create stories that things that inspire people, that educate people, uh, because that's what I had when I was growing up, I, all the books that I read. Um, I went to college to study journalism and English. Uh, so thought I was going to write for newspapers and that sort of thing. Uh, career ch path changed a little bit after I you know, graduated during the middle of the Great Recession. So I uh, had to kind of search out different other avenues and I found my way into, into ministry. But I, I'm still very much using those same skill sets through writing and storytelling. Now, that, that's awesome. And so you, um, I know you from two different vantage points. One is that you've run the Orange Leaders blog and you're very involved with the Orange and that, you know, you and I have that relationship there, but you also are a freelance writer as you kind of work through, you, you write a lot on your own and you submit to a lot of different ministry sites and different, different sites in general. Do you have a topic or a, or a, a range of topics that you love to write about? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple. And, and I will say, so freelancing is actually how I got involved with Orange in the first place. I, I wrote for a couple of different ministry blogs and Orange was one of them. And then obviously found the opportunity to work for them full time. But I have thankfully been able to continue writing, contributing to a couple of different ministry blogs. And I mean, it kind of varies what I write about. It's usually based on what the opportunity is, kind of what's relevant in you know the world today, what people need to hear. Uh, but a lot of it has to do around kind of Sometimes it has to do with multiple of these topics. So I'll just list a couple out that, you know, I like the most. Um, leadership is obviously a huge piece, obviously, because that has to do with the job that I do. Yeah. Uh, technology is also huge because that plays a big role in what we do with social media and artificial intelligence and, you know, our digital phones and the Internet and all those kind of different things. So technology is a huge piece, too. Um, I mean, I think creativity and storytelling obviously is another big one. That's a, I feel like a big buzzword nowadays. And a lot of people are talking about storytelling, but I think it's something that, uh, I, I hope to bring a little bit more clarity around it because it's something that's again, just this very 
nebulous thing. It's like, oh, we need to do more storytelling. I, I want to break that down to like practically what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and then another, another topic that I don't get to write about as much because it doesn't have as much of an overlap with ministry is, is humor. Um, I think that has, I think there's a lot of opportunities to tell stories and use humor as a piece of that. Um, and it's, it's something that people touch on a little bit, but I'm, I'm endeavoring to do more humor writing. Uh, it's something that I personally enjoy. I love to be able to laugh and love reading really funny things. Um, but I, I'm trying to kind of figure out, okay, what is the, the interplay? What's the connection between ministry writing and humor and how can we kind of leverage those two things to, to be mutually beneficial for one another um okay so random question what kind of humor is it dark humor is it silly slapstick humor what what is it i mean i think everybody's got their their own different sense of humor and i i feel like i have a pretty wide range okay. uh, of humor i mean i i can definitely appreciate some dark humor um that doesn't as much come into the the ministry space thing. Obviously, we <laughs> yeah. want to focus on more the optimistic, okay, light yeah. side of things. Um, I, I think some kind of Christian humor can get very slapsticky and very uh, corny, if you will. So there's there's you know there's a spectrum of of humor, and I think you have to be able to appreciate and understand uh, a lot of different types because everybody is going to have a different level of humor that they can appreciate. So um, but that's, yeah, that's a great question though, because there really is a very wide range yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, do you write ever, do you freelance at all do for, uh, like non-ministry sites? Uh, I mean, I have in the past, I'm more now, I think I've kind of found my, my niche yeah. in, in the ministry space. That's, I mean, just by the nature of the people that I, I work with and get connected with. Um, it's a lot of ministry stuff. There is, I mean, because I, I also worked in kind of the secular nonprofit space before I came to Orange. Um, So, I mean, I do have a lot of other just general nonprofit kind of charitable related um, connections. So I I will write for those places as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of just by the nature of the people that I work with, the publications that I I am connected with, that's, that's usually the bent of places that I'm writing for. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, then that's a good forum. So if anybody's listening to us right now and they're like, man, I, I've always had this passion to write. I just don't know how to write or, or I don't have, I don't know how to find my voice or my niche. Um, what, what kind of tips would you give them as you've kind of developed your voice over the years? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of almost even just passive writing, like even stuff that doesn't find its way into, you know, a publication or whatever. I'm always writing down notes and taking down lists, whether that's like in physical notebooks, which I have scattered, <laughs> all around my house um, as a, as a writer should like very stereotypically, I just have a pen and paper everywhere. Um, I mean, even, but even if it's on my, like, you know, the notes app on my phone, like I'm, I'm constantly just jotting down the ideas, but that helps me kind of formulate the ideas and, and kind of get them onto paper so that then I can identify, okay, well, this idea is just a silly thought I had and I can throw it away or maybe even just put it on Twitter. Right. Because that's, <laughs> that's where a writer goes to throw their, their ideas that may or may not work. And you kind of see if you get traction there. Right. Um, but th- there are other ideas that, okay, I've, you know, I've come up with a list of these 12 things and man, I feel like there's really some energy there. There's some, there's something there that I can, I can kind of start to unpack it and I'll maybe even put it into a word document and just kind of start hacking away at a, at a first draft. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of where you start to develop ideas and develop, uh, what's going to work, what's not going to work. Um, 
so that and, and just doing that over time, I think that's that's one of the biggest things for new writers starting out is just that practice of consistency mm-hmm. of just realizing that no writer is perfect from the get go. Even a great writer on their first draft is still going to be pretty, you know, pretty crummy. Like you still have to great writers know that they're, you know, it takes time to process through a piece of writing. So you've got to get better at identifying your voice. You've got to get better at figuring out, yeah, what that niche is, what things am I really interested in writing about and what things am I really good at writing about? So that's, that's almost the biggest tip is I would give is just be committed to putting in the time, putting in the work and just writing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard it, you know, it's, I feel almost like a cliched thing, but writers write. I mean, that's just the truth. And so in order to become a writer and identify yourself as a writer, you just have to put words on the page and, and keep doing that consistently. Um, even if that's just physically writing it down in a notebook, um, you know, using that as a springboard into getting published and putting out, you know, other different pieces of, of copy. Um, so yeah, that that's a couple different ways and a couple different ideas, but that's that's really just how to practically get started. No, you said a lot of great stuff there. Um, I I like how you talk about how you've got a notebook or even the notes app. You know, you're constantly writing down ideas. You're constantly processing. And again, not to make this about me, but this is my podcast, so I'll get <laughs> just. But, but you it. identified a lot of things that I do that I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes because I have in my draft folder for I have a WordPress blog. And so in my draft folder, I just have like, right now, I think I have 30 drafts of things, some that have been there for five years, and then some that are, are fresh, and then I just kind of put down ideas, and then I'll come back and work on them at a certain time. But I love what you said about Twitter, um, how you just throw out stuff and you test stuff, because I actually find that I do that every now and then. I have, um, on, for my thing, I, I have the hashtag sidekick tips although it's not my hashtag anybody could have the hashtag but but i use that hashtag just to throw out things that i think about writing about but i don't have they're they're not deep down digs where they're just simple little thoughts that i can throw out there on twitter to kind of test material test ideas and stuff so i I like what you said about that um and so you you talk about blogging your notebooks blogging uh writing down a bunch of different drafts keep on coming back to it do you, um, and again, finding what you're passionate about, just kind of digging into a little bit of that. Dang it. I had a question out of that and I totally forgot that when I threw out my Twitter statement. Well, let me, I'll give you a second to think, remember that question because I did have something to add on to what you were saying mm-hmm. is that, uh, I mean, all of those things, they, they work for me and it, it's, you know, you're saying, Hey, like I do some of that kind of stuff too, but I also have WordPress drafts that all, you know, you'll start to compose something in there. I think everybody's going to have a different system. Everybody's going to have a different thing that works for them. So you really just have to find out what works for you because there may be something that one writer does that you're like, I I can never do that. I can never write in a busy coffee shop. I have to have, you know, it has to be totally quiet for me, or I never really come out with my ideas in a notebook. I really have to write it out fully fleshed in this form. And I go from here, but you know, studying other writers that you admire and that you like and figuring out what they do is often a good place to just come up with ideas. Yeah. Try it out, see if it works, throw out what doesn't work, adapt what you can, and just go from there. Because it really is about, you know, creating a personal writing experience that works and is effective for you. Yeah. Uh, and that leads me, you just kind of triggered it. So my question was the comparison game. Okay, there's lots of different bloggers out there. There's lots of different writers out there. Um, you know, 
how do you deal with the comparison game? Do you, I mean, it's great to look at like, and truthfully too, I, I've looked at other writers. And I'm like, man, I wish I could write like that, but that's just not my style. And I just can't adapt it to that. So how do I get, how do you, how would you recommend to people to get over the comparison of other writers and what we can learn from them? Oh gosh, that's, that's a great question because that absolutely is something uh, I think that plagues most writers, certainly myself. Um, I mean, I know when I started out, I was never good enough and I could never write like this person. And even now that I've improved my voice and gotten better at it, um, I'm still not as good as this person. And, you know, so there will always be somebody who's a better writer than you, right? Mm -hmm. There will always be somebody that you can aspire to be. And so you can either let that be a negative thing, like, I'll never be this good, so I should stop trying. Or you can turn it around and go, hey, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so, but let me use them as a benchmark to see how much I can improve and see how much I can get closer to that person. Um, And I I think it's a great point. Like everybody's got a different style. So even if there's a great writer who you go, hey, you know, I love how this person writes, but you know, I'm not going to write quite like that, but I can still at least strive for their quality. I can still strive for, you know, reaching an audience like they do, but I'm going to do it in my own different way. Again, I think it's all a matter of perspective and going, I'm not going to let that get me down. I'm not going to compare myself in a negative way. I'm going to like try to almost use them as motivation to get better. And that's, I mean, how to actually do that is really tough. I think, again, it's just a mindset shift because it's always so easy to fall into that comparison trap of just going, I'm not good enough. My this, you know, this writing stinks. What am I doing with myself? Like you just have to use that as motivation to try to get better and to still stay positive because really you can do it. It just takes time. It just takes commitment. It just takes focus. So if you keep doing that thing, you will gradually see improvement and you will can, you can look back and go, well, Hey, I'm better than the writer I was two years ago. I'm better than the writer that I was six months ago. And I'm not as good as I'm going to be a year and two years and four years from now. So that's that's a tough thing it's always a struggle but just know that you're not alone and that you can get better yeah i agree with that that's that's a great comment so well here's the the before we move on the orange leaders i got one final thing about just writing in general yeah why should people keep on writing okay because (laughs) again like i mentioned earlier it's all about the video. It's all about the audio. You mm-hmm. got it. I mean, we're doing this on a podcast. We're not, we're not writing this, you know? Yeah. So why should people continue to write? Like why, what would you say to encourage people to keep on writing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did allude to that at the beginning of this podcast. And even before we started recording, you had mentioned, Hey, writing is kind of a lost art, which I, I totally agree with. And I think a lot of really dedicated writers say that. And we've kind of become a much smaller niche of people who are still committed to this, this art that is still so very important, even in a digital world. Um, but I think writing is such a, a valuable skill set because it still connects to, you know, video blogging and podcasting and public speaking and social media engagement and all those kind of things, because you still have to like, the act of putting words together is still important. Even yeah. if your finished product isn't a blog post or an ebook or a printed book that you know that has physical words in it, it's still you know you still have to craft that script for your public speaking engagement. You yeah. still have to put together a caption for your Instagram photo. You still have to come up with questions uh, for your podcast interview, right? Like you sent me over questions that you had written. And I've got notes based on the the interview questions you sent me with a bunch of bullet points of like what things that I want to talk about. So even though 
we are doing kind of a non-traditionally written you know piece this isn't going to go on a written platform like we there were still acts of writing involved in that yeah and so I think writing is still something that any communicator, anybody who's a leader should still focus on uh, because it's a skill that translates to all of the different platforms. Yeah, I agree with you actually, because as you were saying that, I was like, you know what? It's funny because I would never think about getting up in front of my student ministry and giving a lesson or, or talk um, without writing something down, I would just not get up there and just say, oh, I got it all up in my mind here. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And no public speaker would do the same thing either. They've always got, right. you don't see their notes always because they've got a teleprompter sometime and everything like that. But all these people have notes and they're always writing down this stuff. And so I, I think you're right on on that. We, you, it's, you need to keep on writing. It's a way to put uh, words together and articulate yeah. something uh, sufficient. So I think that's really great. So absolutely. It's the hidden communication skill that not everybody realizes that they do, but mm -hmm. it's still something that they do and they need to improve on. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. All right. So let's move on into the orange blogs, uh, orange leaders blog. Uh, you've been doing it for over a year and a half now, almost two years or. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've been with orange in different capacities. I, I just recently kind of took over the whole blogging aspect of orange. Uh, it's been about gosh, six or seven months now. Uh, but I mean, I've been involved with, uh, orange leaders in the orange blogs for about three years now. Yeah. The, by the way, the redesign of the orange leaders blog is awesome. It looks so oh, nice thanks. and clean. I, I was like, man, this looks really cool. I, I honestly would get lost sometimes if I went to the orange leaders blog before. So your redesign is awesome. Um, Thank you. Long what, overdue, but I'm glad to hear <laughs> the positive <laughs> feedback. Well, what have you learned about being the editor there? Basically, the editor in chief of, of that, and in getting people to write for you, and and uh, oh, that whole process. What have you learned during that time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, to kind of set this question up, the the writing part of writing is, is something that a lot of people are familiar with, like putting pen to paper and, and just creating a draft. But I think a lot the second half of that, a lot of people forget about is the editing process. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned and grown in since taking over kind of editing the blog, because those two things need to go together and they have equal weight. If Even if they don't have equal weight, I think the editing piece needs to take a bigger uh, I guess, chunk of, of the writing process. Cause it's, you know, it's one thing to kind of write a first draft uh, and, and just crank out some content, but you really need to, to have a finished product, whether that's a book or a blog or whatever, you need to go through a, you know, very thorough editing process. And so that's kind of the purpose we're serving, you know, me and my team as editing all the blogs, like we get contributions from leaders like yourself. We get, you know, pieces that are, from our orange conference or even you know we'll we'll take excerpts from the orange books and we'll turn them into kind of blog posts and that whole process of kind of converting one thing to another and you know kind of coming out with a finished blog post is is editing right mm -hmm. so i've learned kind of the importance of that the different ways that you know you can edit obviously we're looking at a lot of different types of content from a lot of different writers who have a lot of different voices and so even balancing the, you know, allowing them to still keep their unique style and voice and tone, but also making sure it still sounds like it's coming from the Orange Leaders platform, like balancing those two voices yeah. is a challenging, but also, you know, 
a good process and a good kind of tension that we want to we want to keep because that allows us to again build on the orange leaders brand with even more voices and even more people and so that's probably uh one of the biggest things that i've taken away so far i'm sure i will continue to learn yeah. new things as we go through that process but even just again that repetition of on a regular basis i'm looking at blog posts i'm looking at things that people have written i'm seeing different styles and, and i'm helping refine it and make it better um, that's only making me a better writer because that's giving me experience of editing that I can then take to my own work. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's really cool. Um, because I know that, you know, I send you whenever I submitted an article for orange leaders or in the past, or I've done something for another group, I've always edited it. I've always done it. And I've had many different copies of rough drafts mm -hmm. and everything like that. And then I edit it and then I'm like, send it off. But then, you know, the reality is you guys do have to edit it. You have to look, comb through it all because what sounds good to me in my mind <laughs> may sound completely off to you guys. So you guys really do have to refine it and make sure, like you said, it, it fits within your own voice for the orange leaders and what you guys want. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and I, it's good to know that you do proofread and edit your own stuff, <laughs> which anybody should always do, yes. even if you're sending it over to a publisher or a blog who's got their own editor like proofread your work, make sure that it doesn't have a bunch of typos and grammatical errors. Um, yeah. Even if there's going to be somebody to catch it later, it just, even just from a professionalism standpoint, it just, it just helps. Yeah. And um, I mean, we, most of people that write for the Orange Leaders blog do that. I'm thankful, but there are some people who just can, you know, send stuff that's a little bit uh, looser and, you know, Very rough. We, we clean it up and, you know, make it look good. Uh, that, again, that's our job is to make uh, a final blog post look really, really great. Um, but I'm thankful for people, you know, writers and contributors like you who have taken the time to make sure to edit their piece and to make sure to proof it. Um, because that only, you know, that only benefits you as the writer that only helps you to make your piece look that much better. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, how do you decide the direction of, you know, um, the orange leaves blog again, when you came in there, there was a direction and now you either chose to carry on through with that or, or alter it a little bit. So how, as the overall editor guy, the main head, how do you decide what you're going to write about, what the blog is going to be about? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a, just the big relationship with, um, the orange leaders, I mean, our leadership team at orange, right. Starting with Reggie Joyner on down through his kind of, uh, team that works on all the content. Like we're just working very closely with them to get direction on, you know, what are the main things we're talking about at, at orange conference or what are the, you know, what are the books that are going to really be published? Um, you know, making sure that kind of, we have that represented as well. So a lot of it is just me carrying out and the blog reflecting what the larger organization is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a lot of meetings and conversations just to make sure that, you know, our, our scope and cycle and the content that we're putting out ma matches up with uh, all the other messaging that's going out across the platform. Um, so that's, and that's still a work in progress and that's still something that will continue to be a work in progress and we'll, we'll tweak it and we'll change it. Um, I mean, I've got my master content calendar that shows me kind of all the stuff that's been published, all the stuff that we're working on currently, and then even a map out into, the, you know, six months to 12 months in the future of, hey, this is the blog ideas that we've got. This is when they could fit in. This is, you know, how they can align with all the different pieces of a blog. But that's, that's really, um, I mean, it's a challenge to kind of manage all of that content, but it's also something that helps us to make sure that we're consistent, we're aligned as an organization. Yeah, and I think that's really important. That's, that's uh, 
That's awesome. I, I even just think for my blog and I'm like, again, I have a bunch of different drafts and ideas down the road, but I'm like, it's overwhelming for me to think six months down the road for my blog. Sure. So, but you guys are, you're, you're a heavyweight and you know, you guys have a lot of content, a lot of readers um, and a lot of people contribute. So you have to be that way. Yeah, so my, my question is then how do you stay focused? Again, I know you say you get it from the top down and you're really in line with them. But I, I know a lot of blogs um, or people who are writing for blogs that, that lose focus easily. They, they go after this trend or they go after that trend and they had a voice and then it got blurry. Like how, how do you guys stay focused and, and what, could, what kind of tips would you give people in general about their own blogs to stay focused on their niche? Sure, sure. I, I mean, that's a great question. I think it's a balance of, because again, we are looking six to 12 months into the future of like, hey, this is how it could be. But also knowing, you know, we could plan these things out and we could plan out these blog ideas, but they're probably going to change as we get closer. Like there's a different level of focus between like, hey, this is the next two to four weeks. And then this is the next two to four years. Like it, it just takes a different, like you have to shift kind of your mindset when you think about those different timetables, because I'm, I mean, we're in the perfect example of that. Like I had a bunch of blog content that was <laughs> scheduled to go out now, like a great, a bunch of great ideas that we had started out, you know, late last year in 2019 at the beginning of 2020. And then we all know what happened and everything <laughs> changed. And yeah. we were going to talk about, you know, how to meet in person and how to, you know, schedule events and do VBS. And now all that kind of stuff is out the window. And so we yeah. had to, shift gears very quickly and very intentionally and go, Hey, that's, that's kind of stuff that is great. And it's probably gonna be relevant again. And we can maybe push off on next year or, or even change it and go, Hey, VBS is still probably going to happen for a lot of churches, but it may not be the same as it always was. It may be a digital VBS or whatever. Like that's just one example, but that was a great, uh, this has been a great lesson. It's, it's kind of bumpy and it's challenging when we're in the midst of, of this pandemic, but it's, you know, it has, showed us how to refocus like on a dime and how to be flexible with that. You know, even though we've got this very big content calendar and a lot of content that we're steering all at once, but to know that, Hey, we still have to be relevant. We still have to be speaking about stuff that's, that's happening now. And we just have to, you know, have a very good pulse on what church leaders are actually caring about and thinking about so that we don't set, you know, we don't come across as being unprepared or unfocused. So um, again, that just, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of flexibility and a lot of meetings and a lot of communication to pull that off very, very quickly. Um, but, you know, I think our team has done a, a pretty good job. I mean, I, I we can commend them. I, you know, at least I'm, I'm trying to do my part to keep up with, with all this stuff and make sure that we are again, represented well across all the orange blogs. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one way to, to kind of make sure that you're focused and make sure that you're talking about the right things in your writing. Yeah, no. And again, I think that you said is right that you're current again, you may have the greatest plan, but if things change, you have to alter, you have to, you have to pivot a little bit. You, you had mentioned this in a tweet back, I think maybe yeah. a month and a half, two months ago about you notice how many people have scheduled tweets out because the tweets that they're tweeting are not uh, very relevant right now, considering the pandemic. And it's so funny that ever since you said that, I'm like, man, I am making sure that my tweet, like, because I schedule some tweets out um, and yeah. I want to make sure that it's content that is relevant. Not like I had one fairly recently that it was supposed to go out because it was again, lined up with graduation season. And mm -hmm. it was fr from a post from last year that I wanted to share out again. 
I'm like, well, this is not relevant anymore. This post about graduation is not relevant anymore. So I just took it out completely. But you're right on. I, again, you just got to stay focused. You got to look ahead, plan ahead. I like what you said about that. So I think that's really true. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's tough. I can understand why that happens. I'm a I'm not a, a procrastinator. I'm a precrastinator. I like to get things done way ahead of time and have a huge plan like in advance. So I'm the kind of guy who has a lot of scheduled posts and a lot of scheduled tweets and like I'm working well in advance. But this, yeah, so something like this really th throws me for a loop, throws you know people with my personality type for a loop because it's like, oh gosh, now we have to go change everything. And all of a sudden that huge margin that we had of like, I'm working you know six months in advance or whatever, suddenly that goes down to like three or four days and you're just working as quickly as you can to keep up. But it's especially important in moments like now because you don't want to come again, come across as, as insensitive because you posted some tweet that is like, you know, what were they thinking? Like clearly this doesn't affect us anymore. This isn't relevant any longer. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw out one question to you that I did not send to you. So I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Okay. Not, you're not going to be prepared for this one, but I think <laughs> you'll answer this quickly. Um, uh, so years ago when self-publishing became very, um, more and more relevant it, it was looked down upon you know oh you're a self-publisher but then ebooks became very popular uh and ebooks are very popular i've actually my two books that i have written out are ebooks they're short little ebooks mm -hmm. um, but what what would you share about ebooks and people uh sharing content on ebooks is is that something you would recommend um is that a good platform to start working towards even a, a bigger uh publishing contract down the road? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I mean, I think there, I don't know if there's still a stigma. I mean, I don't think it's obviously as quite a big a deal as traditional publishing. That's certainly what, like, this goes back to our, like, comparison trap question is going, well, you know, I published this book and I sold a couple copies, but it's not a New York Times bestseller or whatever. Again, yeah. you can always kind of compare yourself and go in that way. But it, I mean, all my books are self-published as well. I okay. certainly don't look down on it. I think in a way it's opened the doors because it's a lot easier to self-publish and there's not as many gatekeepers and barriers and hoops you have to jump through and all this kind of stuff in order to get, you know, traditionally published. Like you, that was, you know, used to be the only way you could do it. Yeah. Now there's a lot more people that have access to it, which is great. The flip side of that, of course, is there is a lot more content out there. There are a lot more eBooks out there. There's a lot of things, you know, vying for people's attention. So you do have to keep that in mind that, uh, you you more than ever have to work hard to stand out and yeah. be you know a great quality and and have something that you're saying that is unique and that is relevant and that is you know of of great quality. But I mean I think it's absolutely something that people should pursue, especially if you're right, starting out. Um, you're not going to get a book deal right off the bat if you've never written anything before. So sometimes if you've written a bunch of great ebooks you know, if they're short and sweet and they're about something that people really care about and you can build kind of a platform that way that can definitely help you get into more traditional publishing routes if that's where you want to go or maybe i mean like some people make good money off of self-publishing not everybody it's certainly not like that's not the thing to get into if you're looking to become rich quick because it is <laughs> definitely not like yeah. that's not the the way to go <laughs> Um, but if you just want to, if you want to share ideas, if you have a passion for writing and you just want to get your stuff out there, like that is definitely a great platform to start with and, and, you know, to allow yourself to grow. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I like, again, I, 
I would, uh, it was always my dream to write a, a book and to get a publishing deal and all that kind of stuff. But one, I know I'm not that great of a writer, but then two, and I'm more of a blog style writer. I like to do the blog sure. type of stuff, but I, I thought the ebook was a good way for me to share a little bit more elaborate content out there and, and more thoughts out there. And again, it was something that I could do and I didn't need to go through all these hoops and hurdles for it. So, you know, that's kind of cool. So, Absolutely. Okay, so Robert, this has been fantastic. Uh, this was great. Um, but before I let you go, I'd love for you to just share some things that you're working on uh, or also some different ways that people can connect with you online right now. So what do you got? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you can definitely find more about me at my website, uh, Jam Rob Carr. Uh, that's short for James Robert Carnes because that's my name and that was the URL that was available, right? Um, <laughs> But so I, another thing I mentioned to you before we started recording uh, that I'm pretty excited about is uh, I had two short stories that were accepted into uh, a short story anthology that is actually, as of this recording, is going to be published this weekend. Uh, so probably by the time you share this out live, it will be a book that is available for purchase, which I'm super excited about. Um, so, and I think that just even more goes into like, I do a lot of ministry writing and I do a lot of like technical business stuff, but I also do creative writing on the side, which is just fun and helps me kind of exercise different skill sets of writing. So if you want to read my and a bunch of other people's uh, short stories, check out, uh, I believe what's the anthology called? It's called uh, After the Fall. And if you go to my website, I've actually included the link on there. If you just go into the book section, you can find it on there. It's available on Amazon, uh, both digital and print. Um, but I haven't even got my copy yet. I'm super excited uh, to see it and hopefully uh, other people check it out as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I I, I like that. I like the creative writer. I, I'd be really interested to, to read along with that. Um, what in uh, your social platforms, your favorite is? It's Twitter. Like we said, I think, I think Instagram is all for photographers. Yeah. Facebook is for, I mean, I don't know who everybody, but then Twitter I think is really at its heart for, for writers and journalists and people who just, who love the written word. So find me on Twitter at Jam Rob Carr. Yeah. You, and you're, you're very active on there. So uh, I love it. So, well, Robert, as always, it's great having you on. So thanks for taking some time with me. Yeah, of course, Tom. Thanks so much. All right. So there you have it. My conversation with Robert uh, and he had some great tips there. He had some great tools and ideas on what he does, what he looks for as when he's writing and then what he looks for as an editor and um, whatnot. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on it. What stood out to you from that um, that time, that conversation I had with Robert? And what are you working on? What are some tips and tools that you use as a writer to communicate effectively? Again, it's a it's a powerful tool. It's a, it's a lost tool, I think. Not as many of us write as well anymore. And so what do you do to write effectively? How do you communicate your message? I would love to carry this conversation on line a little bit more hit me up on twitter at ta pounder i would love to talk to you a little bit more about it uh and you can even talk to us uh even if you like baseball because i know robert likes the braves i like the nationals and the nationals won the world series last year and the braves didn't but i mean that's a different story uh and i, I always like to throw a little jab in there to robert about that but anyways uh that's neither here nor there uh definitely hit us up on twitter we'd love to talk to you a little bit more about writing it's a it's a great it's a great tool to communicate your message. So there you go. All right, here is well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. As always, if you're looking for more content, I've got it all at YM Sidekick.com. 
Twitter.com. I've got the blog. I got the podcast. I got some vlogs. I got my Twitter ebook as well as a student ministry ebook there. I've got information about digital boot camp. Uh, so you can go get all the stuff there. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast from. So I would love for you to check that out. All right, heroes. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.